Hello, and how would you like to take your content website from $200 per month to making $9,000 per month? Hi, I'm Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast, and in this episode, I'm talking with James Norquay, who has not only bought, sold, and scaled multiple websites through great SEO, but has worked agency side in his own SEO agency with companies like Virgin Blue, Citibank, and Woolworths, just to name a few. Now, James's company, Prosperity Media, was awarded the best agency award in Australia at the SEM Rush Search Engine Marketing Awards as well. And I wanted to get James on the podcast to talk about some of the results he has gotten with his clients and how he got those results for his clients. But as I just started to discuss things with James, we talked about his motivation for wanting to earn an income online, what his background is, and what pushed him to the online space. Then he shared with me why he likes to buy websites sometimes over starting them from scratch and why that can be beneficial to him. But then he dropped a story about how he bought a website for $4,000 making $2,000 per month and how he's able to get that to $9,000 per month. Then I asked him and changed my whole script of everything I wanted to speak to him about, about how to grow this site. Now, there is a big disclaimer here. He did spend time and money on this and The site doesn't make $9,000 consistently every single month. It's in the competitive niche. Sometimes it makes seven, five, nine, eight, or 10 grand a month. And he did spend money, time, and resources to build this site himself. I I specifically asked him questions around how he was able to increase the income for this website through changing things with affiliate partners, changing the website structure, SEO, link building, changing content, and then we even talked a little bit about EAT and building some authority. So there's so much value in this podcast episode around how he was able to scale this site from $200 per month up to the $9,000 per month range. And if you are going to buy a content website or you already own a content website, you're absolutely going to love this episode and you're going to get so much from it. Before you think about buying a website, if you haven't already, make sure you do go away to buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash free resources, get my due diligence framework that I used and many of my clients have used to buy online businesses that takes the guesswork out of doing due diligence and buying a business. Because we talk about buying websites in this episode, but I want to make a disclaimer, make sure you get some help doing that before you go and buy one of these websites and scale it like James has done. Let's dive into the episode. Do you want to build or grow your content website? Niche website builders have helped hundreds of people to take their content websites from a few hundred dollars per month to over tens of thousands of dollars per month with crafted content creation, buying age domains, and link building strategies. These strategies have helped people increase their traffic, authority, monthly earnings, and their website valuation too. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash B-O-B forward slash to get 10% off any link building or 10% more from their content creation services. That's nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob forward slash. I'll put a link in the description too. James, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, Jared. Uh, pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to speaking to uh, somebody down under, just down the road. It's between <laughs> yourself and myself, it is a 10-hour drive, um, and it's actually we're still pretty close to each other. Yeah, compared, no, looking compared to how big Australia is, right? Like it's quite big. Most people underestimate how big it is. But I want to dive straight into to asking you about websites and SEO and all that sort of stuff. But let's let's get stuck in with buying websites before. You've bought a few websites before, have you? Uh, yeah, bought uh, many websites over the years. Bought um, probably like 10 websites, bought 
probably over a hundred premium domain names. Um, yeah, pretty much very active in the in that space. Affiliate also run an agency in Sydney that specializes in SEO and content. Uh, we've got about 20 staff. So yeah, we're pretty busy. Yeah, it's good. So what got you started buying websites? Or should I say, did you do anything before you decided to make an income online at all? Um, well, funnily enough, I actually used to work in construction for my uncle's construction business. So back when I was really young, like I'm talking like 16, 17. And then uh, when I was uh, around 17, I knew someone that was running a car wallpapers website. So he basically said, I can make a lot of money um, with SEO traffic and basically generating traffic to his car wallpaper website. So I said, oh, sweet, I'm going to get into the uh, get into the website development space and make money with SEO too. And I started a MySpace layout website. Um, <laughs> that website went on to get like 20 million um, visitors to it. Um, I actually sold that website to a bigger media company. Um, this, was, this was many years ago when MySpace was popular. Um, and off the back of that probably started like 10 other sites in like entertainment or targeting the U S market. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's, that's how I got into it just through a random car forum that I was on. Um, (laughs) and I was just chatting to another member on there and he was telling me how he was making like money on the side. And, um, that's how I got into the industry. Yeah. Right. Random, very random, but also cool. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, it's it's been uh, it's been a, a interesting journey that we're on. So basically, got into all that stuff, um, started building websites there, and then went and got into the agency industry too, and um, yeah, started a SEO and content agency ten years ago. But we still do um, a lot of our own websites and stuff as well. Probably say 80% client, 20% of our own, um, websites and media properties that we run. So, yeah. And so you've bought some websites as well. So you've started a few, but you've bought some as well, have you? And what sort of, yeah, I've bought websites, probably, probably about six web established websites that I've bought, um, from different places, you know, like I bought one on like a, a forum, I've bought them on like Slack groups, like bought them on marketplaces, just all over the place, you know. I kind of prefer to buy websites from more random places because I can feel like you can get a better deal sometimes. If you get a motivated seller, like sometimes you can get a good deal. Um, Some of the bigger um, marketplaces and bigger institutions, sometimes a little bit more trickier to get a good deal, but you can still get good deals if you know what you're doing. Yeah, of course, there's great deals to be had. In so, it depends on, like you said, if you know what you're doing and you know what you're looking at and you can identify value, that's the hardest thing, right, is identifying value. So, And then also identifying risk that may come along with that. What what does maybe you decide to, like since you can start sites and, and you you know, you you do it and you, you're good at it, you've got an agency that, you know, big team around that helps you with that. What sort of, what's your motivation? What, what was your motivation for buying sites? Um, is it, is I don't know. I guess. Or just, yeah. I guess the motivation is like, when you work in an industry like construction, you realize how, what a, what a hard job is. And then you go and do a job like, digital marketing 
buying and selling websites, you're like, holy hell, like this is a, yeah. <laughs> this is an easy job. You don't want to be uh you don't want to go back to being a, a laborer on a construction site. So I guess um, that is, uh, that's probably a good motivation is realizing that this is a, this is a great career to be in. Um, yeah. Realizing that there's uh, a lot of prosperity from this type of industry as well. You can make good money if you know what you're doing. You can make a lot more money than a lot of other jobs, you know. And I think um, it, it is a tricky industry because you do kind of have to know what you're doing to do be, to do well, especially to buy and sell websites. You can't just um, have no clue because you'll get burnt. You have to do know the basics. You have to know like what is a quality site, what's not a quality site. Like there's so many things you can look into in that space as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm the same with you on motivation. Uh, I was plumbing uh, for almost ten hmm. years, uh, and yeah, being on the job site is it's it, it sucks. It's and that's that was my <laughs> motivation. I was just like stuff this. Like, not sure if you've traveled much, but us Aussies are pretty known for loving to travel. That was my motivation. Is like, hey, I I can't just travel as much as I want with this stupid plumbing job and just gonna wreck my body. <laughs> when it's also like you said, the income is like. When you make and when you own your own business, there's no like cap to how much you earn. When I was plumbing, you could only earn like forty dollars an hour or whatever it is. Now it's through seventy bucks. But yeah, it's big big motivation oh, to get off the tools, right? One hundred percent. Like one hundred percent. Like you, that's the thing. A lot of people that come into this industry and they've never done a hard job. Sometimes they don't realize what a hard work is, mm. you know. And I think, um, yeah. And you're right. Like. The flexibility of doing online business is you do have the ability to travel. I mean, because I run an agency, it's got a physical office. It is a bit harder just to leave and go traveling. But yeah, I mean, I've traveled all over the place. I mean, I've been to like 35 countries or something like that. So I've seen a lot. But um, yeah, I mean, like there's always more that you can see and more that you can do. Yeah, I guess, yeah, definitely that's a motivation is, um, is being the ability to generate more money and uh and having the ability to kind of go where you want and do what you want and you're right like the thing about like working in trades it's not as scalable as say online online marketing online industry because it can be quite scalable you can make money when you're asleep especially if you're an australian that is running like websites in the american market like it's always great to wake up and say oh wow like uh, I've made this extra money over like when I was asleep, you know, you can't do that in a lot of jobs. So <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Making money while you sleep. It, that's an old school uh, marketing sort of word, make money while you sleep. But it's so true. I, I'd never really thought about it until you mentioned it for a long time. It's like, hey, it's these sites that I have, they just, they, they make money whether you do much or not, as long as that you buy well. Uh, so I wanted to ask more specifically around buying versus starting because you can start, you know, as many as you want. Well, up to the capacity that your team can handle. But what's, you know, what do you like or dislike about buying websites versus starting them from scratch? Um, I think the main benefit of buying an established website is that like you're going to save that time, especially from an SEO point of view. Like, like I, as a good example, I bought a site. I think I only paid like four thousand USD for it, like about two years ago. So it was only making like two hundred bucks a month. And the guy that I bought it off, I think he was just over it, like because it's a competitive niche, right? Mm -hmm. So I bought that site, 
two years ago, bought it for about 4,000 bucks. It was making like $200 a month. And then basically he'd already, he'd already put like 200 pieces of content on it. that already had an established link profile. Fundamentally, the structure of the site was pretty sound. It had a really good brand name as well. It just wasn't making money and he thought, shit, this niche is too competitive. So we bought that site. We've been able to scale that business up scale the site up. I think it, it makes anywhere from like nine to 10 K a month now in the, like, that's just like an example of just one site, one content site that we have. So yeah, being able to fix it up, but it's fluctuates, you know, it's a competitive market too. So, um, yeah, it can, that, that site, um, it's super competitive niche. So like you can make like good money one month and they can be like sales on and then it can drop down a little bit, goes up. But the thing is the amount of money that we paid to buy that site and the amount yeah. of money that we made back just from scaling it up, like adding heaps of content onto it, optimizing existing content, fixing internal links, just doing all the SEO stuff, doing all the fundamentals in the last two years. Like we've scaled it up to a point, like I could sell that site tomorrow on like Empire Flip or wherever else and make like good money but i think it's like it's a it's a brand that we want to um potentially build out more um yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. the benefit of buying an existing site you do save that like um like the google sandbox time or whatever people refer to as like the time that it takes when you launch a fresh site like that has no index history. When you yeah. launch a fresh site, you're going to be looking at six to 12 months to see results. Whereas if you have something that's already established, you can kind of hit the hit the um, runway quicker, I guess you could say. You've already got some some stuff behind you. So congratulations, you know, buying a site for four grand, making 200 bucks a month to, you know, nine to 10 grand a month. That's pretty, pretty awesome. And uh, I want to say we can't just skip over that because people are going to be like, hang on a second. Well, like 200 bucks a month to nine grand a month. What, you know, what, what did we do? And you, you mentioned a few things, you know, adding content, internal links and all the SEO stuff, but could you break it down for us in like, say what you did in say the first year um, or, you know, over like, what, what did you do first and then next and next and next? So what was the first thing once you bought that site that you did? Oh, the first thing I did was basically get rid of the Amazon affiliate links because they didn't pay nothing. And basically you're getting like 2% on the sales and then yeah. basically went out into the market and just contacted direct affiliates uh, that were paying between 8 and 10% because uh, mm -hmm. it's a higher ticket item. Uh, most of them are willing to go about 8 to 10% on the affiliate commissions. So the easiest way to make money when you buy a new site is swap out your affiliate programs to a higher paying offer. A lot of people rely heavily upon Amazon, but it just doesn't pay much especially in the Australian and US markets I've found, um, whilst it can convert well, I feel like if, if you're able to pick up the phone and do deals with um, affiliates directly in like Australia or in the US, you can make so much more. Also, um, just we got lucky with scaling out some of the content pages on that site and um, like we're able to get direct deals and offers with certain other partners and just monetize pages. It was essentially like the biggest success we had with that site was just getting new partners on board, getting yeah. higher commission rates. Like that's how you can go from two to $200 to $3,000 in like the matter of a couple of months is by just dealing with like affiliate partners and getting on the phone and just, just changing it, optimizing it, like adding new um, pages that are related to their brand doing reviews, getting them to send you product. That's, it's just, it's hard work, but it can pay off. Oh, it's, 
Of course, look at that. Look at what you've done there. So was this a, a solely affiliate site? Like was this like 80, 90 or 100% affiliate content or was there some info articles as well? Um, I'd probably say it was like 60% info, 40% commercial. Usually cool. we like to go like 80, 20, 80% informational content, 20%, um, 20% um, affiliate content, affiliate. even less than that now. I think people are trying to go for with all these updates and whatnot. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Like um, right. I think, um, yeah, you just got to be careful like with too much commercial content on a site. But yeah, pretty much uh, there's a good mix of info content. If anything, we want to add more info content to the site. We actually built out a few content assets on the site too. Uh, I had a, I got like a cheap con- tool. Can you just explain what a content asset actually is for somebody thinking about maybe email marketing? I understand the term, uh, but just for people like, what is a content <laughs> asset? <laughs> yeah, so a content asset is basically something that you can use as like a linkable asset. So like a statistics page, a tool or calculator. So we actually added like a couple of statistics pages onto the site. We added a calculator, just things like that. Just things that you can generate uh, high quality links into. Um, And then usually what we do when we make statistic pages is like we'll run some paid ads to those to get additional links and we'll build links to them and get them ranking and they're they're a great mechanism for an affiliate site to, to build up more like uh, authority content pieces to kind of set yourself apart from the competitors because that's one thing that I always think you need to start getting in the mindset especially if you're in the affiliate content game you need to be building um, things that your competitors can't do because I think the more competitive the vertical that you're in everyone can just copy everyone else mm-hmm. you need to do things that your competitors can't do that's one thing that I've learned over the years that's really good so you've gone. So you bought the site, changed over, and worked with some affiliate partners. You know, you you understood what hard work is being on the tools. So you went and did that with you know, the, um, getting some better affiliate partners, and then creating some content assets. What else helped you grow this business? Like, what did you move on to next? Was there more content? Like redesign, redesign the site as well. We did a full redesign too. So the when we bought the site, it looked pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. It looked like someone had spent $5 on a Fiverr logo and just slapped a whole bunch of pages together. So we did a redesign, fixed the structure, did some some URL changes to the structure, um, just little things, you know, so many little things like mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. removing like year values from URL slugs, just all sorts of stuff, fixing technical issues on the site, um, cleaning up the the design to make the design better. But then also, um, also basically like focusing on like some conversion rate optimization stuff, just like make like working on copy, you know, yeah. working on our intro copy on conversion articles, stuff like that. Like just trying to convert the traffic more. Yeah, cool. Stuff like that. So yeah, so a bit of conversion rate optimization for yep. affiliate uh, like money pages, I guess you could call them. If it, and then you've got are we talking site redesign? There's some technical SEO in that, right? But also, like we looked, were you looking at user experience as well? Is that was that a big thing, or was that not so much? Like technical? just trying to make the design look nicer. Like we got a design team that we work with. Like spent a bit of money on the design just to. It, the old site looked like it was built in the 90s. Just had to bring it into 2021, 22, you know, make it look cleaner, 
<laughs> and that definitely helped with conversion too. You know, I think by changing the site and working on conversion, I think it was like a 30% uplift or something. I can't remember the exact number. I did look into it last year, but the amount of additional revenue that we got was was quite considerable. Yeah. I, I bought a site that looked like it was built in 1992 <clears throat> as well. And we changed the site design and just the layout of how people would read the read the content, the size of the font, even the type of the font. It just makes a massive difference for user experience and keeping people on the page longer, right? Oh, 100%. Like you can make subtle changes to a site and it can add, it can add a lot of value. You can make mm-hmm. a lot more money, you know, and like sometimes like, the quickest way to make additional revenue from an affiliate site can be like the most basic stuff, you know, fixing the design, fixing the conversion copywriting, just fixing small, fixing the logo, like just <laughs> making like more trust signals on the site, you know, yeah. like yeah. you got to test different stuff. But um, it's, yeah, that's the crazy thing about affiliate. Like it can fluctuate. Yeah, for sure. And that's why, <laughs> that's why it can be easier to have more evergreen content for info articles or info articles being more evergreen content where you don't have to force for conversions and update them as much if they're not really heavy affiliate pages, right? Exactly, yeah. Like if you've got a lot of um, info content, you don't really need to update it too much. Just got to make the design on those look nice and just Mm. update the data. I think that's one thing a lot of people neglect is when they have like like they'll build info content, but then it's like from 2015, they never update the pages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like it's quick to just go back and update the data, ensure that it's up to date and ensure that you, um, yeah, that you have uh, pages that are, um, that are, yeah, in like updated with the current time. Just make it better for the users, you know? For sure. So it sounds like when you bought this and you went through and you did your affiliate stuff, getting better partners and then you did a lot of sort of redesign seo sort of stuff but you said there was 200 pieces of content or 200 articles did you add more did you take some away if so what did you take away and why what did you add how many pieces of content <clears throat> you add and, and what type and why yeah so basically this site that we acquired was targeting the uk market so we actually flipped that to target Australia and the US market. So we did um, take away some of the UK content and we kept a lot of the more general informational content. And then we added a lot of content that was targeting Australia and the U- uh, US market, just because I know those markets better. Been mm-hmm. doing SEO in Australia and the US for like 16 years now. So I don't know much about UK market, but it, it works. Like that's that's like, a, like a, another strategy for affiliates in australia you can take a site in the us or uk and you can flip it for australian market and change the targeting like that's something you can do i know i don't see a lot of people talking about strategies like that but i've done it a few times it can work where you where you're talking about redoing a piece of content for the australian audience changing the keyword even to how to buy these in australia or like what are some of the things that you do to flip so basically like say you're looking for a site to buy and you see, okay, um, there's a shoe website and it's targeting the best shoes in the UK, right? But in the UK market, it's a little bit more competitive in Australia. And then you identify that, okay, I want to target shoes in the Australian market. You change that site targeting in GSC from UK 
to Australia, usually you might need to change the URL, but if you get like a .co URL that you buy something like, or a .com, you can change the targeting from Australia, from UK to Australia. And then you go in and change the articles. So you update the intent of the article from a UK targeting article to Australian targeting article. And then you start adding a lot more content to the site that's Australian or US focused content. Get what mm. I'm saying? Cool. So that's a strategy you can do. Like I've done that a few times. Um, it can work, but I've, I've seen a few people doing similar stuff now, though. Just when you, just for people listening, when you say change the, you know, change the intent or where the the, the traffic thing in GSC, you're talking about Google Search Console, right? Just for people Google listening. Search Console. Sorry, yeah. sometimes I talk in abbreviations. <laughs> you get used no, to that's that. Good. I, I understand it, but just for people, that, like, what, <laughs> yeah. are you, what are you talking about, mate? <laughs> Oh, don't worry. Like when, when you got an office full of SEO professionals, yeah, like yeah. every like you start talking in abbreviations, like some of the words, like if you're someone who's not in SEO or affiliate space, like you won't know what they're talking about sometimes. I understand completely. Mm, yeah. And so this one, you built out some content assets. They would have got you a bunch of links. Did you do any other sort of link building or anything like that to build your build the authority of this? Yeah, so I mean, like we basically just do outreach to get links. Um, outreach, I mean, just reach out to like, do like um, competitive analysis to see where competitors are getting links. We'll look in like Australian, US markets for ideas. So we'll do that. We do a lot of outreach. I got a team in-house that does outreach we reach out to partners to see if we can get links back from partners affiliate partners that we work with uh build out a few content assets um yeah i mean just a whole bunch of different stuff you know like just all look we tested a whole bunch of different link acquisition on strategies on this site but yeah i mean what worked the best was definitely just out outreach for like guest posts um outreach to content pieces for links <clears throat> um, I mean, we tested a little bit of like Harrow and stuff like that, help a reporter out. Didn't really see that much success. I think the people that, um, I think Harrow is definitely getting harder. I think you got to be a thought leader in your space to get quality links on there now. You can't mm. just be a average Joe Schmo with an affiliate site. You got to have a you got to have a silver lining bullet to get a link on there. Now it's definitely I'm um, I'm hearing people say the success ratio is very low. So. Yeah, yeah. I got a client that's this has been looking at Haro stuff, and uh, not really an influencer in the space, and not knowing whether he wants to be, but has found it has found the same thing as you. Is like, hey, it's it's uh, it's a lot of work too. Like you've to 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 get these these Haro links. Well, it's a lot of pitches. Like people yeah. are sending out hundreds of pitches, and if you got a one percent conversion rate, you're gonna have to send a hundred pitches. Yeah. It can be a lot of time for people. I think um, like it's like I was talking to someone the other day, like if you want to get results on there now, you got to be like certified in your industry. You got to be like a CPA trying to get finance stuff. If you're just yeah. some random finance affiliate trying to get a finance link, you're dreaming now. It's so hard. And the thing is yeah. a lot of people that sell Harrow links, they sell them on like really trashy sites. You know, they're sites that are linking out to 50 or 60 other sites. What's the quality of that link? It's devalued. I don't think mm-hmm. like I don't think it's going to add a lot of value, and that's what our team has been doing some testing internally. And 
we're seeing some Harrow links that just don't add any value at all. So that's another thing that we do. It's good that we can test a lot of this stuff to see actually what works and what doesn't work on our own affiliate properties and mm. whatnot before we do it for clients and stuff like that. So yeah. So that's good. That's good. That's really good to hear. Tell us about, you know, with affiliate sites, Google obviously not loving people that are just starting or creating uh, affiliate sites, hiding behind a laptop, um, you know, reviewing the best 10 Nikes uh, to buy (laughs) without any authority behind them. What are some of the things that you guys have experimented with and seen success in terms of building some some EAT? Yeah, so for the EAT stuff, yeah, like I think um, EAT is definitely important. I mean, you just need to start with things like having an About Us page, linking to relevant sources, you know, like LinkedIn, if you got a LinkedIn author, like stuff like that. I mean, actually having a actually having a, a real person on the page is important. Um, things like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, what what about people that don't want to be an influencer or don't have accreditation in the space? Say, for example, it's a niche that they're in, or they've started, or they they don't want to be an authority in it. What are some of the? Do you have any little things that you do to build authority, but still have you know, be real authority on those sites? I mean, a lot of people, what they're doing is basically like partnering up with other um, influencers as well. So basically yeah. they'll reach out to other influencers in the space and be like, oh, can we partner up to um, to be featured on your site? And like yeah. that way they use someone else's authority. So someone else might have decent following. Um, and then, yeah, you can just offer them free promotion. Like that's that's something that we've tested a little bit of. Yeah. And it can work 100%. Yeah, I think it's a great way to go. Uh, we we test that out with, you know, coaching clients of mine that we're helping build their their sites. You know, buying something with no EAT is not the end of the world if you're buying something, you know, affiliate sites is a bit harder. But um, with ad revenue sites, uh, we've seen that like, hey, it's – yeah, if you're, it's a double win. It's a win for everybody, you know. Link linking to their them, and then you linking to, uh, they're linking to you, and 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 doing the swap over of links. It's it's a huge win, really. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think um, if you can leverage someone else's authority, you can do it. And I'm seeing more yeah. and more affiliates talking about that type of stuff. It's just like anything. I think um, to do well in the affiliate space, you got to be uh, acting like a real business, you know. Yeah. I think that's what Google wants in the end of the day, you know, putting an address on your website, putting a phone number, having an about us page with legit people, having like your review policy. How do you actually review these products? Because once you're a real business, like that's setting yourself apart from the competitors that are hiding behind like the screen or whatever or Exactly. That's I think that's one thing that you have to do is try to treat yourself like more of a real business to do well. Yes, I totally agree. Totally agree. Google, you know, why try and play against Google when you should, you know, if you play by their rules, you can be rewarded rather than trying to do something dodgy and and, and hide behind these tactics that don't actually work and you can get penalized. Just do the right thing, help them make their business better and they're going to help you make your business better when you when you follow by, by the rules that they sort of, they outline. Uh, James, it's been... Uh, Awesome to chat. I basically just asked you questions off the cuff and uh, I had a, another agenda for the call, but I think we'll have to get you back 
um, for another episode if you're open to it. It's talking about some of the things that you've done for your clients. Um, there's some pretty cool case studies that you got on your site. People can go check out. Where should I send them to to check them out? And I'm thinking about maybe we get you back on to talk about one of those. But uh, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Uh, yeah, prosperitymedia.com.au. That's our website. I mean, you can always add me on LinkedIn, James Norquay. Um, but yeah, no. <clears throat> just check us out on prosperity media um yeah we've got a we've got a youtube channel as well for a lot of seo content if you want to learn more about seo or just hear our team talking about different things there's a few videos on there that are insightful done a few conference talks on there too um so yeah that's that's a good place to start and uh, yeah, I mean, more than happy to come back and answer more questions. But yeah, I'm pretty used to just answering questions off the cuffs, you know, without without yeah. knowing what's going to be asked of us. I mean, that's that's a big part of our job. We're always on the spot, getting questions asked all the day, all day long. So it's part of the job. <clears throat> yeah, totally agree. Whenever I'm getting interviewed, I've got no idea what's what I'm going to get hit with. But it's, um, you know, if you're in the space and you know what you're talking about, it's obviously valuable to everyone. And, and this has been incredibly valuable. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on. Everybody that is listening, thank you for listening. If you did like the episode, please make sure you hit subscribe. And also think of two to three people who are thinking about buying a content website and, and building it up, you know, similar, hopefully to what James has done, 200, 200 bucks a month to, you know, nine to 10 grand a month and share this podcast episode with them. That's it, guys. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. All right. Thank you.